0: This is not Love, Hope, Radio. <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> this, this, this,
1: this is all, is about, all wine. about wine. It's wine. Show dedicated to the wine <laughs> industry <laughs> since 2009. Featuring <Trailing>, to winemaker, <laughs> silo master, and, and tasting tasty. expert, Ron. Basically,
0: what we're trying to do in this program is <laughs> just trying to make people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast to and, coast. Around, the and world. around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post
1: your them. questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, all about wine is ours. Here's
0: did it rain over there? Did you get any rain? No. No. Uh-oh. We had we had some go through about uh, oh jeez, it was about three o'clock. I guess it was uh, two mm. thirty. Uh, we had a oh. little storm go through, just enough to to wet the whistle. Yeah. I mean, you know, good for the grass and plants. But-
1: it got cloudy and it cooled off. Uh, it cooled off considerably. It got into the I don't know mid 90s. It was pretty nice. Um, yeah, now, uh, but nice. Uh, yeah, it was winter. Yeah. Winter here, but uh, yeah, not uh, not a drop. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. We just it's just like you know one of those Florida form a cloud, dump some rain and then disappear type storms. But it, it wasn't <laughs> wasn't anything you know super significant. No. But it did wet wet the ground and water the plants I had outside. So that's a good thing. Well, so, well, yeah. welcome to All out. About Wine, everyone. It is 7.02 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on April the 28th, 2022. If you are listening to us now, thanks for listening live. You can chat with us. We don't take live calls. Or if you're listening to archives, don't call because it is an archive call. Our yeah, show. So, yeah. uh, speaking of archives and, and and recorded shows, we've got guests coming up next week. But they are in England. They are a winery in England and it is uh Adam is his name. Mike and I will be doing the live show this Sunday morning at eight o'clock. So if you like those to us live this Sunday, it would be eight o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, which, you know, most United States United States It'll be like five o'clock West Coast. And we're doing it at that time because Adam is in England and he is five hours ahead of us. So that will put it at one o'clock his time. So for his convenience, we're doing the show at uh, that time. Plus, we've got other shows coming up. Um, we have a, a lady that's working with this, uh, Melissa Muslim, and she's trying to get other wineries in England to talk with us. And so most of those shows are going to be pre recorded so when they do we will let you know. Um uh, I don't know. I, I guess I was thinking Mike, I don't know. Are you going to when you, you plug in the show are you going to go on and, and put the recorded show on Facebook during the normal time or have you thought about that? Well, what are you gonna
1: No, we're we'll uh we'll just do it like it's a Thursday show but we'll do it uh Extremely early on a Sunday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And yeah, so, you, you, you know, do a live show on uh, Sunday morning and um, uh, see how that goes. Yeah. If uh, you know, it could be a could be a thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, but, it won't uh, be a thing. We'll, not
0: eight o'clock on Sunday it's okay. not going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say you now it every, won't be a thing
1: every Sunday no. every Sunday, no, every no.
0: Sunday no. Um, no you you can just yeah, put yeah. the recording on at 8 Thursday though and
1: yeah yeah, we can do it yeah. the Thursday for them but live yeah it'll be an open show so you know we can do a blog okay. talk radio only or, or stream like we're doing now to everybody and just replay it again on Thursday uh, okay, works, okay. Uh, I, just, I
0: was wondering how we were going to how to do that but mm-hmm. that's what's coming up this week, and we will be doing more shows uh, in fact, uh, in may may twenty first we've got an early morning show. it's a Saturday, and we're looking at doing one at ten o'clock that morning. So those are coming up we're, we're going to have ourselves an interesting uh interesting summer here, spring and summer doing these New England the shows. plus mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a guest that's going to be appearing with us. I'm not sure yet It is in the works. But like I told you, the young lady's been dealing with me, named Melissa. And I, uh, oh, before I forget it, Mike, I just sent that email through of this latest series here. You should have it there. Um, I'll check. But I, uh, I've been dealing with this girl named Melissa, and. I, <laughs> I looked and there was another Melissa here and I didn't think too much of it because I just glanced at the Melissas. Well, this is a Melissa from Grace Winery in Pennsylvania, and she is contacting us, introduces to Andrew. Uh, let's see what was Andrew's last name. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's expand this and see what we got. Andrew. Andrew y- Uh, and he's the winemaker at Grace Winery in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. And they, uh, she was asking if we'd like to have him as a guest. I gushingly said yes, we would love to have him as a guest. So he's going to be a guest on the show. We just need to figure out what day we're going to put him on and stuff like that. So we have. Uh, another guest there, so we're we're looking at different different guests coming up here in the future and all that. And if you or someone you know is a wine or wine related or something, and I'm, I say wine related, we've had people on that have written books about wine. We've had people on that have uh, that sell wine, that seller wine, that you know, wine brokers, uh, wine lawyers, uh, all sorts of stuff on the show. If it's wine connected. It's interesting. So, if you are one of those people, or you know one of those people, or you're a rep of those, or you a uh, uh, publicity company, uh, or any of those, get a hold of us. We would love to schedule you on the show and, and talk to you about what you're doing. And we're not gonna not gonna throw any. Any gotcha questions asked you or anything, it's just going to be a nice conversation. If you listen to the show, then you know what we are all about, and we're not going to do something like that. So, And let's see, there's another one here, too. Oh, what was it? Uh, oh, here we go. Stephen Lang, uh, Lane, who is uh, wrote a book and he is inquiring about being on his book is called dragon vine and it's a wine mystery novel Uh, I, i don't know but he's looking at being a guest on the show and we'll talk to him and uh have him tell us about the book and all that so even stuff like that we have authors and all sorts of things on uh in fact Wine scholar and novelist Stephen Lane. Uh W set three certification, FWS, IWS, SWS, CWS. Um these are all the certification he has, and he's got his new book, Dragon Vine. And he's wrote another book besides that one too, but this is his latest. So we're gonna get him on the show and have him tell us about himself and about his books and stuff. So well, we uh, got got some fun guests this summer, so hang on there, hang in there, and we'll uh, try to entertain you about wine and all about it as we're going. And so, while we're, about what's coming up here, uh, tomorrow is International Voynier Day, International Voynier Day, uh, also Layat Al-Qadar begins tomorrow, as is Arbor Day tomorrow. So we've got some really important things on April 29th, uh, not to mention my birthday. So uh, we've got lots of cool things on the 29th of April. Next month is Finger Lakes Month, Wine Month, and Oregon Wine Month. So those two are coming up. And so you can look forward to those. And let's see here. We've got uh, Arbor Day tomorrow, and then uh, National Sense of Smell Day is Saturday. Now, this list I'm reading you from here used to give food days. Now they're giving some other all sorts of stuff days instead of just food days, which is cool. Sunday, National Lemonade Day. Monday, International Harry Potter Day. Tuesday, National Teacher Day. Wednesday, National Orange Juice Day. And the next Thursday, Cinco de Mayo, 5th of May. Uh, kind of holiday, but that's going to be on the program next week, so we can probably talk about that a little bit more. Uh, well, here's quick summary. Uh, let's see. The Observance of Mexico's victory over the French in the 1862 Battle of Pueblo. That's what Cinco de Mayo is. But those are upcoming here, but uh the Saturday Voinier Day International Wine Day. And uh so that's only wine day coming up it looks like over the week. So as if we need an oh. excuse to drink wine.
1: I have a uh, a chat that came in uh from Facebook from Carolyn. Uh-huh. Uh, from Facebook just said, uh, just want to wish Ron a very happy birthday tomorrow. And, uh, hold on, uh, may your day be stress-free and wine-filled. Ah. Oh.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, oh, thank you, Carol. I appreciate yeah. that. There you go.
1: And I'm you playing golf, time.
0: so the, the stress level could vary, but uh, I'll <laughs> try to drink as much wine as possible. Well, so, yeah. Well, so, well thank you, Carolyn. Yeah. Um, so these are these are things. Like I say, we've got ourselves uh, quite a bit of uh, guests and, and stuff coming up. An exciting summer ahead, if you will. So we'll uh, keep you informed, and hopefully, we'll have even more on that list as time goes by. We've possibly got a revisit too from a, an individual who was on what about 18 months ago mike did you say was it something like that uh, uh
1: the, it was november of uh 2020. uh um, okay so, so, wow you're talking about paul right yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah so we long. may have uh, a repeat guest on there uh he's november 12th mm-hmm. oh yeah wow that that is 18 months isn't it yeah uh so he, he may come back and <laughs> and talk to us again about shipping wines and his his journey up to now and all that. So we're looking at a lot of interesting guests coming up over the next uh, few months. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Yep. Now some uh, news. Let's see what do we, what do we got in the wine world that I found interesting that I want to share with you? Uh, Anti-Russia protest. Well, we're hearing about that. They're dropping all sorts of stuff. They're stopping all sorts of stuff. They're not doing anything with Russia. Not shipping to Russia, not shipping out of Russia, not selling Russia stuff on the shelves. But one of the things you gotta realize that a lot of stores are pulling off the vodka. Well, not all vodka is made in Russia. In fact, very very little of the store vodka that you're seeing is made in Russia. Is a lot in poland in fact there's been a long running feud between russia and poland that who actually made the first vodka poland says we did russia says we did poland says we drink a lot russia says we drink more of it so who knows but it uh a lot of it's made in russia uh, in poland a lot of the retailers across the country and in europe and all that have taken smirnoff and solovoya off the shelves well actually uh you don't need to do that uh, they're not russian products they uh, they're both luxembourg registered uh, company that makes the spirits in latvia so uh especially uh, solovoya uh vodka so uh read the label if you're not sure and uh if you're into protesting Russian products, read the label because a lot of them are not just because it's Russian uh associated is not particularly mean that they are from Russia. Uh the uh, uh it's not like only one point two percent of US vodka imports come from Russia. And so it's just just like insignificant. But I saw this and I wanted to Want to share that with you. Um the Belaverdus, Great Goose, Absolute are all been bragging for years that they're non Russian heritage and that they're made in different places. So again, if you're not sure read the label and if you want to boycott Russian Spiritual wines or anything else. Although we don't get much of it here in the states, so it's not a real big deal. Two Brits were charged in New York over a massive wine fraud. Uh, they were uh, defrauded people into investing over 100 million dollars in the U.S. In loans that were being backed by a fine wine inventory, which actually did not exist, the wine fraud allegedly took place through a couple of guys named Stephen Burton and James well, Leslie Bordeaux Sellers. Uh, Sellers, C E L L. Always sounds like I'm saying sell, Sellers, S E L, but it's Sellers. I guess they're both pronounced the same way. There's no big difference. Uh, they were duping investors, as the article says, and to offer them a great opportunity of having money, and it was backed by valuable bottles of fine wine, which was too good to be true. Uh, they enticed people into the vesting of loans, and they stored wine, for the saying they stored wines for wealthy collectors, and they had these wines. And in reality, Bordeaux sellers was allegedly holding thousands fewer wines than it claimed through the loan documents, and also, they said they were holding some very expensive Chateau Lafleur and uh, Chateau Lafitte and all that, and they weren't. They were, did not exist. So they've been charged with wire fraud and wire fraud conspiracy and money laundering conspiracy, and they can face up to twenty years on each count. Whoa. Wesley well Leslie was arrested back in February, but Burton is still at large, and they don't know where he is, so uh don't know what's gonna happen with finding him, but Wesley's probably if you tighten him, will give him up for a lighter sentence. That's usually the way to do, but they have spent are, did lots of lots of cheating on that stuff there. Uh, this article is long. I'm not going to read this to you because, or really go into a lot of details. It's just an interesting article. and it, It's talking about hybrid grapes and how the hybrids. I mentioned something, I think, a weeks ago, about hybrid grapes and how it could be actually the, uh, the fit savior of the wine industry because of climate change uh, the additional uh, record heat and drought and humidity and fires and all this stuff going around like that and the grapes aren't made for that grapes want uh, a comfy little bed and a comfy little home and a comf- comfy little climate and with the climate change it's not uh, the fragile nature of the vitus vinifera which is uh, wine grapes again is on the boundaries of being popped out of their ideal existence and ideal climate and everything. So we're looking at hybrid grapes and non-venifera grapes. Uh, uh, Looking at a hybrid grape and pairing it with a non-venifera or even other types of grapes uh, still in the vitus family, but like southern grapes and different things. There's like you know, five or six major ones around without getting into all of them, but uh, they're doing hybrids and they're coming up with a grape is still a good wine grape, still maintaining characteristics that we seek, but they are more resistant to drought, more resistance to you know, flooding, more resistance to cold, more resistance to heat, all these things that would help save the industry and help save farmers and help save grape growers and help save wine. So it's uh, organic and sustainable practices are helping. This is one way they're going at it. And uh, uh, programs at Cornell University, for example, have – Vitus Gen 2 a a program that they have that's trying to get the Vitus vinifer grapes in a Generation 2 so that it can be resistant to a lot of this. And there's a, you know, like major European varieties did not evolve with powdery mildew or downy mildew or uh, phomposis as pathogens. So you know, you have about 10 or 15 native grapes to the U.S. that evolved with all these diseases and all these different things and all that, and these have been pretty much ignored when they brought over the European varieties. Well, it looks like these might be what they need to turn to again, because they are resistant to a lot of stuff that the heat will bring with it in start doing hybrids more will give it more of a chance to catch a hold of and grow and survive and make a decent wine. But we don't know. The decent wine part is the big question. Uh There's uh, wines that they make in the Midwest that are a little bit different. There's than the ones that they make in California, which is different than some of the ones they make in New York and that area there. And some people swear by them. Some people don't like them. Uh, Muscadine grape is a big growing grape in the South, and some people don't like those. So when you start joining different grapes together, you need to look at the characteristics you're saving from one or the other so that uh, this hybrid grape could be... The grapes of the future. It's I say could be because it just depends. They could work on these things say, oh, great, we got this. It's making a lot of juice. It's got a lot of tannins. It's got this and that. And then when they make the final wine, people hate it. So it's just a matter of time before they start to come out with some of these grapes and get people's reaction and all that, and we will see when... Uh, that happens, and what's going on? Well, uh, because something's going to have to be done. Uh, obviously, the weather is starting to affect grapes a lot, and so we'll see what's going on with those. Okay, let me go. I guess something else here. Let me find it. Uh, second. All right. Uh, but I, I said over and over again freethegrapes.org freethegrapes.org check it out check it out and freethegrapes.org is still out there freethegrapes.org is a great organization they're located in California we've talked to uh, Bill I think um, a couple times on the show and it's been a while since we've had any conversations with him Uh, but he is the founder of freethegrapes.org and he said his job is to be able to not have a job. He wants to be able to have grapes and wine, or not grapes, wine shipped across the country with no restrictions and no government stepping in and saying, you can't ship it from this state to this state. No state saying, no, I don't want wine from any other state. I just want this. He wants to get it so that you can ship wine freely to anybody, anywhere, anytime, and not have a whole bunch of hassle doing it. So he says when that day comes, he will no longer have a job because he has reached what he wants. No, he hasn't. Uh, hasn't worked himself out of a job yet because obviously it's not happening. Now, Free the grapes. I think Free the grapes might have been bought by another group, and I'm not sure about this, uh, a marketing group if uh, I don't know, I'm going to have to check into that, but I'm trying to remember, I, I think a marketing group bought a Free the Grapes it, it's it's a non-profit, but I think they, they uh, I don't know, I'll check into it more and I'll find out, and I'll let you know about that, but FreeTheGrapes.org is a uh, uh, an organization that has been around. They're located in California, and like I say, they want to do that. But every month they come out with legislative updates and what's happening and what's going on uh, around the country. If you live in any of these states that I'm talking about, get involved and send out a a note or you can even do an email now all the senators and all the reps and everything uh, nationally and locally have an email address so you don't have to write a letter to them you can send them an email now I guarantee you what's going to happen when you do send any of these legislators in any level an email they've got a squad of this or assistants or uh was the word uh, trainees or whatever that go through this stuff very few of these letters actually reach the eyes of the legislatures but the point being is either way if you write these people and you you get enough people that contact them it does get before them and they start looking at it if enough people are interested and also you can attend local meetings and stuff like that a lot of the local people now that on the national level it's a little bit harder but local visits are a little bit easier to contact them and your local representatives are actually a little bit easier to contact so if you're trying to do a, a something locally it's it's is easier to try to get hold of your local reps but any of these states the point being any of these states that i mentioned here and anything that's going on it never hurts to give them a little shot in the arm if they are doing something that you think is favorable and letting them know that, yeah, we're behind you. Let's do something like this. And first one, New Jersey. There's two bills that are introduced to remove the capacity cap. Uh, This is uh, basically any companies whose production exceeds 250,000 gallons a year uh, would, uh, let's see, create a license for wine companies uh, that have that. That's Assembly Bill 2432 or Senate Bill uh, 549, really. Um, and in the also they've got the AB Bill uh, 1943, which was passed, which is an oversight and reform bill. So New Jersey, look it up. They're trying to uh, expand the capacity for let's uh, Introduce license for wine companies whose production exceeds. So it's with licensing for wine companies exceed 250 gallon or uh, 250,000 gallons a year. Uh, they they can't now in New Jersey, Delaware. There's a new bill there that is encouraging passage of a direct to consumer shipping from Delaware. They are one of the three states left with an outright ban on shipments. Oh, my gosh, one of three, and it's Delaware. House Bill 210, 210, uh, which was carried over from 20,021. I'm having problems reading tonight. Has uh, the... Standard safety provisions as adult signature required on shipments and labeling requirements. Uh, Although it does put a low annual limit, uh, which is three cases a year, which I've never understood how they're going to ever enforce stuff like that. And the total each winery can ship to Delaware is 1,800 cases a year, Uh, which is sort of silly rules and stuff, but it's a step in the right direction. So, if you live in Delaware, contact your legislature and take two minutes to write something in support of HB210. The more, again, the more people they have that hear that they want to do this, the more likely they are to do something about it. And the next one. Rhode Island has a new bill to remove winery visit penalties, and this is bill 2420. It would remove the requirement that a visitor first visit the winery before he gets a direct to the customer shipments. There's a lot of them out there that do that. Uh, they, you know, I can't ship to you, but if you come into the winery and visit me, then I can start shipping to you because, I don't know, it's... Always seemed like a silly approach to me, but they do have that. But Rhode Island is looking at updating that and reversing that, which is a good deal. So, if, again, if you're in Rhode Island, encourage your legislatures to do that. And let's see some other state updates. Uh in the passive Okay, Alabama, a new direct-to-customer shipping law uh, from 2021, continued over to this year, two new bills for this year's. Uh, Alabama's got one of the strictest ones in the country, so that uh, would be a good thing. Alaska uh, has a Senate Bill 9 that is carry carryover from last year, and it is in the House for consideration to include direct-to-customer shipping language. And Hawaii is another one that is changing it so it would allow beer and spirits direct-to-customer. Iowa, which has been pretty slow at getting some stuff done, they are now uh, looking at about a dozen bills related to bottle deposit reforms and uh, direct-to-customer shipping. Bottles and stuff. This is one of the things, too, and this reminds me why some of these states are pretty strict on this. Because wine comes in bottles. And a lot of these states have bottle deposits and can deposits. I just read that uh, Oregon is putting into effect a can deposit for all cans, and they're going to include wine in a can, which will add $0.10 to each can. It's a deposit, and if you turn it back in, you get your credit back, but it's still a deposit, which is sort of good because people aren't throwing their can out the window and littering and cluttering up places and all that because, hey, it's worth $0.10 to me. Why should I do this? And if you end up getting yourself a a six-pack or 12-pack, then you're looking at $0. sixty cents, a dollar twenty over the period of a month, a year, depends on how much you drink, that's gonna make a difference. So I'm not opposed to this, but they are going to start adding it to beer cans, since there's so many beer cans out there now. It has not been previously added to beer cans. Although there are a lot of cans that are not included in that, which is always strange. It seemed like they would do a cross the board can deposit, but it isn't. And so because of that some cans are deposit some cans are not. I I don't know. I'm not in Oregon. I don't know how they do that. But that is something that uh I just noticed that they might, you know, on down the list there they might say something about that. No, they don't. Um but Iowa is introducing it to uh, uh, alcohol, liquor, including wine, direct to customer. And there's another bill, SB 3053, which was introduced by the state's alcohol beverage division, which includes a favorable prov- provision from licensed auto renewals. I don't know. Iowa can get times when it comes to their laws on liquors and wines and stuff. Indiana is introducing a new bill that would allow spirits direct to customer. And the Wine Institute is also supporting SB 26, which would remove the state's wholesaler exclusion statute, which means that a wholesaler has to be involved in any wine sales. Massachusetts is another one that is looking at uh revamping and rewording their direct customer statute uh language in these things can be twisted as you well know uh just a matter of language can be exploited or can be troublesome so any time that they can make the language easier and more understandable for everyone that's always a good thing. Minnesota uh is creating a direct to customer shipping permit uh which would uh change the amount shipped to customers from two cases a year to twelve cases annually. I Again, I don't know how they really take care of that. I've never seen that. Missouri is a, uh, has a direct customer license bill, which will remove the wine-of-own production language, uh, which is, again, the little bits and pieces of how it's worded in there. You can get in trouble or you can't ship or stuff like that. So anytime they can clean up a legislation, it is always so much better. Mississippi... It has two bills, which would add 34% markup and increases the number of in-state package store license from one to three. It looks like these bills might die, but oh my gosh, 34% markup. And oh, look how great they're from one to three package stores. Oh, geez. You know, Mississippi, this is 2022. And Nebraska uh, is looking at removing... Retailers uh, Amendment has been added to remove retailers from the direct to customer shipping provisions uh, Which is a carryover from 2021 which would cut direct to customer license fee in half from $500 to $250 The uh, New Hampshire is looking at direct to customer limits being removed which is twelve cases a year for wine, cutting that back, and not no limit. New York is carrying over some bills which could include taxes and stuff. Pennsylvania uh looking at allowing direct customer shipment of spirits Tennessee we everybody knows the story of Tennessee that Jack Daniels was made in a dry county um uh, They are looking at information uh, that is provided to consumers for opting out of auto-renewal services like wine clubs, Uh, seeing how that works. It's similar to California law, so they'll probably pass. Utah, one of the toughest states in the nation for alcohol laws, uh, (laughs) is... A special order provision system by creating a separate division within the Department of Alcohol Beverage Control to manage uh, the programs and continue to include 88% markup on retail pricing. Yes, I did not read that wrong. 88% markup on retail pricing uh, and they said the Wine Institute is exploring sponsors and an alternative bill, just, just so this won't pass in Utah. 88%? Oh, my gosh. Virginia uh, has... Uh, uh, that bill has died, direct-to-customer bill, spirits bill. Uh, and, let's see, Vermont has direct customer licenses for fortified wines that are being passed, and... Let's see the last one here. Uh, Washington is a carryover spirits direct-to-customer bill that removes the shipping limit. Uh, that is a current statute for winery direct-to-customer as a shipping limit. They're looking at removing that. So uh, if any of those states are in your – you are if you reside in any of those states, get a hold of them. If they know that people in the state is interested in what they're doing, then they may pass it, because they actually do work for us. You know, you can join uh, e-letter from FreeTheGrapes.org just by going to FreeTheGrapes.org. F R E E T H E G R A P E S, FreeTheGrapes.org, and join their e-letter and it has all sorts of information on there you can find your state you can um, look at press you can look about them and all the organizations that are associated with them and all the ones that start up it's a pretty comprehensive website there and it's changed from over the time too you're i've seen this thing i want to say evolve but i don't know if evolve is a proper word I, it has changed but there's a nice map there an interactive map that uh, you can click on and see if wine directs customers allowed or what's going on with it and stuff like that so that is uh freedom grapes.org uh monthly i get that in i just happen to see it this month but usually i i miss it so i do i do have,
1: uh, I do have yeah. some uh background on it i don't know if am i on I guess I am. Um, I did find some information from uh, grapecollective.com. It says uh, Free the Grapes was founded in June 1998 by the Coalition for Free Trade, the Family Winemakers of California, the Napa Valley Vintners Association, Wine America, and the Wine Institute, uh, which uh, combined they represent thousands of U.S. wineries, It was uh, established as a result of the wholesaler's success, and I didn't realize this, in making Florida a felony state for direct shipments of wine to adult consumers in late 1997. What? Um, What? The groups uh, met to discuss how to best work with consumers in Florida and other states and soon retained Benson marketing group to manage the consumer and media outreach campaign. Uh, The primary mission of free the grapes is to ensure consumer choice in wine by focusing on the issues of domestic direct shipping of wine from wineries and retailers to consumers. Uh, Jeremy Benson is the president of Benson marketing group. Yeah, Jeremy. Um, And it's uh, the only wine focused agency with offices in Napa Valley New York and Paris. Uh, he's also the executive director of Free the Grapes, and it's a uh, national grassroots coalition of wine lovers, wineries, and retailers. And it's a nonprofit. California, as a nonprofit, as a trade association, Free the Grapes operations are funded exclusively by contributions from wine consumers, winemakers, and retailers. Uh, that was from Grape Collective dot com uh it's an article from way long time ago it's like uh yeah 2015 so by now because it it mentions you know um how many years ago it's like back then it was 30 years ago only four states allowed for a legal regulated winery to consumer wine shipments and back then it was uh 40 states which now we're we're learning it's uh way more so um are now allowing it so it's it's getting there and um he said that the biggest challenge in removing direct shipment uh, restrictions, the problem is the wine wholesalers. And I, I think we've mentioned this many times, and you, you've no, mentioned it, that uh, yeah, <laughs> that uh, that's an issue. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just found that article. I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting while you were talking there. so That is okay, very interesting. Cool. I, um, I didn't know
0: that background on yeah. that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, like you said, it's the... It's the middleman. It's the wholesaler or the uh, uh, the distributors that are really fighting it more than anything. Because if the winery makes it and can ship it directly to you or me, then you don't have that wholesaler picking it up and putting it in a store and getting their uh, dollars out of it, and then having a the store sell it to us and getting them. So you've got that whole middle tier there that is being eliminated by direct-to-consumer, and they're fighting it. And the distributors have a big lobby. Oh, my gosh, they have a big lobby. There are enormous, enormous amount of distributors around the country uh that are big, big money, big movements and everything and they have a tremendous lobby and that's why they fight this direct consumer because it actually cuts into their pocket but when you start looking at it you know it's not that the percentage that they're actually losing i would venture to say is reasonably low compared to their overall uh, uh, their their overall profit margin and uh, I don't know. I don't like distributors, so I'm not going to go on and start ranting about distributors because they are not one of my one of my favorite uh, yeah. people in the business. <laughs> <laughs> didn't,
1: didn't we uh, Didn't we years ago try to get a? I don't know if it was a wholesaler or, or what it was, but didn't we try to get somebody on here that was? Yeah. Opposing this and and yeah, flat out refused and one of those kind That's of right. things. It's like you know, what are you afraid of? Just come in here and you know, tell your side and uh, you probably won't convince us, but maybe somebody out there would be and and uh, you know, uh, speak yeah. your mind out about it. But uh, no, they'd rather hide. So um, yeah,
0: you're absolutely right. We did and and you you always yep. And we have the yeah, attitude just like like that. You know, tell us. We're not going to accuse or attack. We just yeah. want to know why you felt the way you did. Yeah. I mean, there's two sides there, and they did not want to come onto the show. So, yeah, know, yeah. yeah, yeah. when they hide like that, it, it makes you think that, yeah. okay, <laughs> if you're hiding, then it must not be for a good reason. You know, it's a bad reason yeah. you're hiding. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that now. Since you mentioned, it, I hadn't mm-hmm. forgotten about that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm not a uh, a big fan of the middleman, the, the distributor system. So you know, that's uh, <laughs> oh well. Okay, let me. Uh, Let's see, I had something else here. Let's see. The fourth and uh, that. Ukrainian winery trade wine for weapons. Uh, Since the war started, they've been trading with other countries. Wine for weapons, since they had a lot of wine. The uh, Russian and Ukraine... uh, and we have to talk about this a little bit. I mean, it's right there. It's all over the news. The following the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, the Decanter World Wine Awards will be counseling, canceling the entries for any Russian wineries which have entered the competition, and their wines will not be judged. As a gesture of support to all Ukrainian entrants, they will be waiving their entry fees and it says that we realize the world's winemakers have more than have more than unite than divide. So we feel we should take a stand. And the the Cancer Magazine and DWWA are hoping and praying for a peaceful resolution to the solution soon. So they've uh, taken another step. A lot of the Wine industry and uh, spirits and all that have really shown some solidarity in this whole situation, and we'll see how it works out. I, you yeah, know, it's there are some great wineries in Ukraine. In fact, the south bottom part of the Ukraine is where a lot of the wineries are—an awful lot of them there—and. Now, I joked at the beginning that Putin just wants to capture so he can get all those wineries because he enjoys the the spirit of the grapes. But I don't know. Uh, it's Some of the atrocities in the war uh, are nothing to joke about. Just hope it's over. But Decanter is taking their stand, and the DWWA uh, judging is... Uh, that's the decanter world wine awards is also counseling Russian entries on that. Okay. Let me, uh, see, is that, okay, let me go to the next thing I want to talk about here. Oh, I think I talked about this. It was the two British guys that got arrested for selling illegals. Um, Okay And let's see what this is. This is a, uh, something dinged. I hope that wasn't us losing somebody. Let's go back to yours. Oh, Mike's still with us. One never knows yep. if Mike's <laughs> gonna leave at this time <laughs> or not.
1: <laughs> still here. I
0: heard that too. I
1: looked up on it still connected, like that. Yeah. One never knows. Yeah.
0: I look back at Colour the de- studio de- and I go. Yep. <laughs> de- <laughs> um yep. <laughs> The Court of Master Sommiers. You know what the big scandal they had in with uh all the all the stuff going on with the uh the nasty guys that were there and doing all sorts of uh Idiot things and bothering the women and everything and and you know no women very few women in it and it was called the stuffy white boys club and all that they're trying to do what they can to change their image they are really working on changing their image um, they even called out for racism and and. All sorts of stuff, and they're trying to change that. They're trying to change the whole image on everything that they're doing. Uh, it's going to take them some time because obviously people don't look at them the same way they used to. It's just they're finding out a lot of stuff that's happened behind the scenes that were not cool, and you know, not just in these times, but in any times, it's just not cool. And so they're looking at doing a lot more to improve it uh the board is now led by two women uh of the hundred and seventy two master psalms in the group only twenty eight were women uh they've also hired a professional ethics uh, uh an ethicist uh, how I pronounce that, I'm saying it wrong because my tongue gets in the way, to revamp its code of ethics. And they've also contracted with a firm specializing in workplace harassment issues to transform its organizational culture. And they have hired a third-party investigator to look into all the harassment claims. So they are doing what they can. The Court of Masters on uh it's used to be noted as one of the most prestigious wine certifications and labelings you could ever get, but because of all the scandals and everything, it's just sort of like gotten a, a black cloud over it, and so they're trying to get away from that as much as they can. And let's see, there was something else on this page here. Uh Herbicides causing damage to Texas vineyards. This is uh wind drift. This is something you got to be careful when ever you spray anywhere I mean even in your own little you know quarter acre yard or whatever if you're spraying, be sure that it's not real windy because wind drift on chemicals could get on something else if you 're out there spraying dandelions and you get a wind drift it could blow over on your neighbor's prize roses and kill them. Uh, uh, be careful and there's causing major damage to some Texas vineyards where they're spraying herbicides around the areas and it's causing, well the wind drift is causing it to uh, destroy and hurt some of the Texas vineyards. Okay, is this that on that? And let me see, what is this one? Uh, Oh, okay. Um, Less fertilizer, higher prices await grape growers, which is going to end up costing you and me more money. Whenever I say a price increase on grapes, I'm not just throwing that out just for uh, giggles. They're not going to absorb the cost. They're going to toss it out to the consumer. It's going to be reflected in the bottle of wine. Uh, They aren't going to say, okay, well, we're paying this much more for bottles and this much more for labels and this much more for fertilizer and all that. But that's okay. We'll keep our price the same and our profit margin will go down by you know, another 10%. That's not going to happen. Uh, I can guarantee you that. We're paying more for glasses. We're going to have to raise your price accordingly. We're paying more for labels, for fertilizer. You're going to see an increase in your bottle of wine. And you probably don't really notice it unless you buy one type all the time, continuously. And then you might see a little tick up on price. But uh, not something that you're going to really notice. But um, most wines will raise their prices. You're going to start seeing a little bit of price increase uh, because of well the supply chain and all that. Gruner Veltliner. It's an Australian grape. Yeah, Austria—not Austrian—Austria grape. Uh, it's a signature white grape for Austria. It's uh, been around for a long time. Germany does a lot of Grüner Veltliner. Uh, it is uh, used a lot in German ice wines. Uh, uh, very proper grape in Germany for ice wines, and so they—it's. Um, because it's such a popular, flavor, it's been grown now more on the east coast of the United States. Uh, Pennsylvania, New York, all these areas are growing more and more of it. Now they have before, they've grown it before, but it's never been like a major grape. It's been used for blending and stuff like that. Although it is used for blending a lot, the old world wines, but more so in here in the United States they've used it for blending, but now they're coming out with a gruner uh, greener uh, varietal that uh, you're seeing on the shelf and it's a good grape it's uh cold hardy just like the reasoning um uh, much more cold hardy than what you would find in a Chardonnay or a and it is uh uh drains well it, it uh It's resistant to uh, mildews and uh, different things like that, so you don't have to worry about that. And it is a nice wine. You're getting some uh, tropical floral flavors in it. Uh, The acidity is usually a little less. uh, And it's really a very decent grape and decent wine. So if you're out there, you can find some from... New York, Pennsylvania, stuff like that. If you see any of those, pick up one and try it. Uh, uh, Gruner, uh, uh, Gruner is really what's referred to a lot, but it's a... Uh, uh, well, it thrives over in the overall Czech Republic, Hungary, but it really is one that you should get used to and start seeing here in the United States. It very possibly could take the place of some other white grapes here because of the hardiness of it and all that too. So uh Gruner? G R U N what? I just I don't want to spell it wrong to you, but yeah. G R U N E R. Gruner. And it's got the little two dots above the U, like the German and viltliner v e l t l i n e r Gruner viltliner uh and uh finger lakes does it they they i've seen three or four wines out of the finger lakes that do that so look for that out on your shelves and let's see there's another one here yeah, here we go. From France to Italy, now a little bit in the United States, they are aging wines underwater. I think I've mentioned this before that about wines being aged underwater, uh, and it's at the time I said it was just sort of like a curiosity, but they're doing it more and more. Uh, underwater wines, uh, they're. <sighs> They fit the motif of some of the restaurants that have uh, Greek mythology in them, uh, the the sea goddess, uh, things like that. This is really, they're they're really great around the world in those. Uh, What is consistent is the uh, dark brief of oxygen, gentle currents, and a consistent 55 degree temperature in the ocean makes really for a perfect little cellar for these wines to age in. And it offers a little bit different uh, maturation conditions than it would on land. Uh, They're saying that they acquire a greater complexity uh, in the terms of the aromas and the flavors. And it also, they said, on the red wines, tends to soften the tannins uh, a bit, so it's not as harsh, especially in some of the uh, Tuscan wines and the heavy champagne, or the heavy uh, red wines. Uh, so, you know, who knows? It may have never had one. Underwater aging is particularly suited, to say, to champagnes, which they often put them in big cages and lower them to depths of almost 200 feet, where they find that the pressure outside the bottle is about the same as on the inside of the bottle. And so uh, they let them age down there for anywhere from 12 to 18 months. And they said the difference of the taste of the same champagne that was aged in a cellar here as opposed to those underwater is markedly different. They said it's just amazing the the intensity of the bubbles the and uh, how... The flavor jumps out at you, and overall, the whole taste of the champagne really seems to mature much better in water than it does in land, on cellars and land. Uh, There's also other places besides just Italy and and, uh, France that is aging it. California also is doing some underwater aging of wines. Uh, they're finding that it goes very well with the aged steak. Uh, a good red wine and a good New York strip steak or Kansas City strip, which they used to call them Kansas City strips all the time, and they stop calling them that, calling New York strips. Uh, but being from Kansas City, I still like to refer to it as Kansas City strip. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but it says that it's uh, a Cabernet-based wine that's aged underwater Gives uh, smoother tannins and a uh, much more balanced taste, and the pairing with the uh, a good steak is unbelievable. So I don't know, never had. Just going by the information on the article, but underwater wines—they're aging them underwater. I—I I, I did mention that. I don't know how long ago, but uh, they're mature now and they're pulling them out and they're saying they are all fantastic so good for them good for them and i think that's it is it yeah mm-hmm. well I, I think that's it for for tonight uh we wow. have guests coming up we have all sorts of stuff and uh
1: yeah so. Exciting summer. um, Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, Quite a few guests uh, lined up, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, next Thursday. Uh, We may have a live guest, or I'll do a a replay of Sunday's show, but we will go ahead and go live Sunday, May the 1st, uh, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as we have, as uh, Ron mentioned at the beginning of the show, Adam uh, from England, uh, sales director of Balfour Winery. And uh will be uh, tuning in and talking with us Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, this coming Sunday morning at 8 a.m. So I uh, think
0: Belfort is a champagne yeah. winery, too, if I remember. It's They oh. do champagnes, so
1: yeah. okay. that should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, we will go ahead and close the show for tonight. It's 8.04 p.m., and uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all next uh, week or Sunday. If you can join us live Sunday morning, uh, be here, and we'll have an interesting guest, as always, on All About Wine. Oh, by the way, I uh, just got a contact, uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who just purchased Twitter for 44 uh, whatever million dollars, contacted me and would like to buy All About Wine, the the podcast. So that's another thing. Oh,
0: yeah? (laughs) We'll have to think about that. You know, I don't know. He's talking about opening up Twitter, and I don't know if we want to open this Mm -hmm. up too much. We've... We've it's had not, too many not. weird phone calls, so we we may have to discuss this. But if he's going yeah, in at 44 uh, billion, we may consider. Oh yeah.
1: It. Oh, it's I'm. You'll hear the mic drop so fast. Uh, oh. And yeah. It'll be standing <laughs> on the floor while I'm heading out the door. The, yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> He's got Tesla there, and because mm-hmm. he's saving so much money on gas at the price of gas, he could afford 44 mi- a billion now. I mean, you know, that's what oh, yeah. gas exactly. is doing to you. So uh, yeah,
1: yeah, it's amazing. So um, anyway, so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk to y'all next Thursday. Uh, well, Sunday live will be the next next show, and then uh, next Thursday is always it may be a, a repeat of Sunday's show in case you miss it. So. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week and a safe weekend, and uh, talk to you be then. Safe out there. Talk Thanks you for listening. Out. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine. All about wine. With your host, Ron. Wine. For show information, <laughs> links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show. Visit, Visit the, the show website, website at www.allaboutwine.com. Www. Archived shows okay. are available for download on iTunes, iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com Apple iTunes, forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink yeah. responsibly, <laughs> and we'll see you, see next, you next time on all About Wine. All about <laughs> Wine. Mm-hmm.
0: We need to do another opening and another closing.
1: I think so. Oh, uh, (laughs) I'll go to the green room real quick. All right.
0: I'm there.